Good morning. This is Coffee with the Sarlos. No. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> oh, I was going to say it's sips of sanity, but it is Coffee with the Sarlos. This is what happens when you have two podcast shows <laughs> and two cups of coffee with caffeine. <laughs> yes. Want to try again? No. <laughs> we'll just keep going. Sure. I'm Kelly. Welcome. Um, today, I we don't really have a, a title or a topic in general, but we're talking about um, when people make um, their insecurities or their shit yours. Um, and so, uh, Mom, you and I were talking about this uh, just, I think, yesterday or the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, just a very familiar, um, vivid memory of mine from high school. I was in grade 12. I was down at the guidance counselor's office um, because I was needing to switch um, one of my classes for my graduating year so that I could get into university for the program that I wanted. I needed another social science and I had done all of my research uh, about the different courses involved at Scholard, uh, found the program. I was two weeks behind because you have a grace period of two weeks at the beginning of a semester to switch. Um, I got in contact with the teacher who teaches the class I wanted to get into. I knew there was a seat available. Um, I had contacted my, my girlfriend who was in the class. I borrowed her textbook, copied her notes, and finished the homework. Walked into the guidance counselor's office, put it all on his desk, and said, I'm ready. You just need to put me in the class um, and switch me out of history. And he fought with me and said no, and that we didn't even have a program called um, environmental science at the school. And I Talk about crazy making because I'm sitting in the office literally with the textbook that says environmental science on the front of it. And he kept saying, we don't have that. We don't offer that. You can't get into this class. And the teacher of that class is my neighbor. Um, So there was just there was so much abuse happening in that in that room. Um, And then when I when I showed him all of the paperwork that I had done, all of the catching up that I had done, so I wasn't behind. Um, he told me that I was a pushy, aggressive woman and that it would get me nowhere in life as a woman. Mm -hmm. And I remember it being so hurtful. And I remember knowing in that moment that he was wrong. I remember knowing that I had done so much work to be where I needed to be, to not be behind, to be respectful of the new teacher I was walking into two weeks late so he didn't feel stressed having to catch a student up. I just remember, you know, getting my ducks in a row for university, thinking that I was being extremely responsible and pretty much having done the guidance counselor's work too. Um, All he had to do was click a few buttons on the computer and put my name on the attendance list. So I just remember thinking, how is that pushy and aggressive? I'm proactive um, and I'm a hard worker. I have a work ethic. He's going to know that I'm going to excel in this class. And, you know, it's been many years since then. Not that I want to admit how long it's been, but I just, he comes from a Catholic upbringing. He doesn't want to be wrong. He doesn't want to be challenged. And so when he was, um, he made all of his own insecurities and his own issues mine by making a mean comment to make me question myself. Mm-hmm. And I just think about how awful that is, but how often we do that to one another Mm -hmm. where we put our shit on another person because we don't want to deal with it. He didn't want someone to confront him. He didn't want conflict. He wanted to be right. He wanted to be in the position of power, as you've mentioned um, before we flipped on on the show. 
And I had to choose and I have to continuously choose to remember that moment and to be who I am and not let his stuff uh, be assimilated into my identity. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. You've, um, I think you've given a platform for a lot of it, people in education to listen to that. Um, if you. they if they choose to, Kelly, to sit down so. and hear that story and say how how do we change that? Yeah. How do we make sure that we are better listeners? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're po- you're pointing out several things: listening skills. You're pointing out. Um, where his stuff needs to be his and where he has to be able to have the emotional intelligence tools to separate his own anxieties Mm -hmm. and his own stressors where if he doesn't feel that he did a good job, that he's able to be honest with himself. And a 17-year-old girl to say, oh, you might be right here. Yes. And how lovely can that be? And I know who you're talking about and he has daughters. A lot. Many, yeah. And I just think about parenting skills. Mm-hmm. I think about partnership skills. So how does a, how does a wife feel if that's how a, a partner or vice versa, if it's a female doing it? How does someone feel as a partner if that's how you approach when you're wrong? Well, <laughs> we both know what she physically developed and yeah. passed from. Yeah. And it does, it sits in the body and it, it manifests as disease. Mm-hmm. And it did for her. Uh, and not that I would ever wish that. I hear from you all the time what a wonderful, kind person she was. Mm-hmm. Um, however, that's not the point I wanted to make. So I'm just going to shift mm-hmm. so that it doesn't become about identity at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about how that moment could have affected my entire life and mm-hmm. how I dealt with conflict. Yeah, because as a woman in the society, we're still taught to be a good girl. Mm -hmm. We're still taught to be quiet, to not ruffle feathers, to make sure that everyone's pleased. Mm -hmm. Um, And I very much could have assimilated that into who I was supposed to be uh, and not challenged things. And now I think about, you know, fast forward to now at 28 years old and and even a couple of years ago where I've gone into life coaching, I do conflict resolution. I sit down, I've, I've counseled partners uh, in how to discuss things together respectfully so that they can maintain a healthy marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I talk to teenagers who are terrified to confront teachers and parents about them wanting to individuate and go off to university, but need the coping skills to be able to deal with professors when their parents aren't around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so had I chosen to believe this guidance counselor, that could have altered my entire life and all the clients I've ever seen. Can I can I throw something in here for yeah. a moment, Kelly? I, I, I see the beauty of it. Oh, yeah, I, for I, sure. If I can say it that way, I can see how his personality in that moment, in that moment, because you could run into him today and he might be a different person. It was over a decade ago. So, or not, I don't <laughs> I'd know. I like to think that he is. That he has changed? Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you mention he's got daughters, and I know he has granddaughters. Yeah. And I think, I want to say it kindly, I, I, in, in the sense of, not people-pleasing, but in the sense of that there's opportunity for both. Mm-hmm. And that you took that as opportunity to stand up. You flexed muscle. 
And mm-hmm. in order to do that, he had to present conflict. Yes. Is that and, good? Yeah. And that's Kay. where I think that you and I get Yay. very excited doing soul contracts yes. in, a lot of our, in, a, in a lot of our sessions because you, you know, you have to be presented with conflict to test your ability to either have patience to, with the lesson that you're supposed to learn from it. Right. Um, and, you know, just had this discussion with my partner where he was like, you know, I'm really sorry that, you know, we're going through a difficult time together. And I just said... Well, it's important because if you're not going through these difficult times, how do I know how patient and respectful you're going to be when it's tough? Mm-hmm. I, d- I can't just sit here and believe that you're going to be. I need to know that you're going to be. Right. And you need to know that I'm going to be kind and patient and supportive. Right. And and yeah, those situations have to present themselves. Um, can I go to another example? Oh, absolutely. I, I just I just wanted to say that on the uh, on the flip side of it for that that teacher at that time or the guidance counselor for the, that person at that time, that that's an opportunity there as well. For them. Yes. For him, yes. Because you came with muscle. Mm-hmm. You came and said, these are the things that I've done for my life. You might not have done your job in this regard for this person today. He might have for somebody else that day, but yeah. not you missed out on you. Because we can. We can miss out for certain people, right? But it's it's an opportunity for him to look at that too and go, that's a, that's a story he might tell mm-hmm. and say, I miss this opportunity for this person. But for my daughters or my granddaughters or my girl, my friends, my female friends or whatever, I'm going to learn from that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure that the next time I ask better questions, I apologize. I, I hope so. Yeah. Because it wasn't just meanness. It was lying. Yeah, he lied to me several times. And I remember walking into the classroom and talking to Ryan Travers, who was the teacher. Yeah. And saying to him, do you have seats available? Yeah. And he said, I have three seats. And I've got he's he knew that he had two students leaving the class. So he would have had five seats open. Oh, my God. Um, And so, you know, the guidance counselor is sitting there lying about numbers. Yeah. Um, And that that's that's difficult. But I get what you're saying. And, And oh, yeah, I do. I hope that's that it's different. Well, and what I'm saying too, Kelly, and something that's missing in the story so far is the apology, yeah, the, the acknowledgement and the apology, mm-hmm. because you're you're talking about we're we're healers, we do energy healing. Mm-hmm. That's the I always come back to this in so many of the shows that it's not just important to learn a lesson, it's important to heal, and that is we always talk about this. There's a process to that. It's very difficult to move forward and say, oh, I flexed muscle, I learned, and I got over it. And now I'm I can life coach and help others. That's good. But also part of the healing comes when the apology is given. Absolutely. And I think I, I would like to say and you can definitely challenge partial healing comes. Yeah, because some of us, many of us, pardon me, will never get the apology. And mm-hmm. we see that every single day from parents that have passed and, mm-hmm. you know, their children are sitting in our in our chairs and they're saying, I can apologize now, but I never would have as a human, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, partial healing comes from the apology because I, like we're talking about today, I've had to sit here and go, oh, that was his stuff. At the time, I didn't know that. At the yeah. time, I was just, an, I was angry. I was 17 and I just, I needed to get into university. I was terrified that he was going to be the person that blocked me. Um, but years later, I can sit there and go, okay, that wasn't about Kelly. That was about him. Um, and so the partial healing that I need comes from recognizing that it wasn't my stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the I think 
the real healing, if he ever chose or chooses to apologize, would help, uh, is not necessary for me to keep, to move on and to understand and to feel, to feel healed. Um, but the healing with the apology would be for him at this point. Oh, that was going to be my point though. Cool. Because when I say, okay, you, you just said it perfectly. It doesn't always mean that I meant that you're the one that needed that for the full healing, Thank you. but that he needs that in order to go on and be something different for the women in his life. Yeah. We need to acknowledge who we've been to heal and fully be who we are now. Oh, Jesus. If I don't know that and haven't apologized to you and Andrew 50,000 times for the things that I know that I've done in my past or not done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good way. Because some of the things we don't do are bigger than the things we did Mm -hmm. to to other people. Yep. And I think... When people have heard some of these podcast shows and you've said, you know, I think you were around six years old when I told you I would fuck it up, that I didn't know how to be a parent, that I knew I was going to make mistakes, but that I I told you two things, that I would always apologize and that I would pay for therapy. Oh, I think I owe you. Well, we can talk about that later. (laughs) I'm not going to say no. There's a lot of student debt. <laughs> Kelly, that's funny. <laughs> oh, that um, is so good. Because you reached out recently to someone for help. Yeah. And I did tell you I would pay for therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my um, God. That's awesome. So you can hold me to that. Sure. Okay. I will um, give you your check. Yeah. Alan, just send the bill to Karen. <laughs> <laughs> right on. She promised. Uh, so I wanted to go to a second uh, example of where our stuff is not to be put on other people. Um, and this, this I think, is really cool. Um, uh, Eric's a guitar teacher here in the city. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he came home one day, um, and I asked him how his day was, naturally, and he was just beaming. And I was like, well, what's going on? And he said, you know, this young girl, i got to pick a different name. Hold on. Jasmine. Um, this girl that I've been telling you about that I'm teaching, she's 14 years old. She's in grade nine. Um, and he has made the comment that she reminds him a lot of me because I've told him all about my childhood and my, my high school experience. And he just, he's seen a lot of parallels in our personality, Mm. um, Mm. and our experiences. And so he was telling me that during their guitar lesson, um, she also has very similar music taste to me and he was able to connect with her because of the artists that I've sort of introduced to him. Um, and so he can connect and, and start teaching her what she really wants to learn. Oh, listen is, to that people out yeah. there. And he, and he's great like that. He does that with all of his students that, you know, they walk in and, and he'll say, what do you want to learn? But that also speaks to the fact that that's the type of teacher he is. And that's how good he is, is that he has that much flexibility. Oh yeah. Some teachers can't do that. No, he's a wizard. I like to call him that. Oh, okay. um, so so this young 14-year-old girl, she wants to learn Sarah Bareilles, who I am just oh, such a huge lovely. fan of. Yeah. Um, she's a beautiful singer and songwriter. And so um, there was a moment where he was showing her, a, uh, I think it was either a cover or a different, um, a different uh, like rendition of the same song. And so he will play a piece of music, pause it, and you can see him kind of like plucking at the guitar to figure out what the notes are and what the arrangement is. Mm-hmm. And he went and played it and he goes, I think that's it. And the, this Jasmine girl sits and she goes, no, I don't think that's it. 
And he sat there for a second and he had said, you know, I felt total like anxiety thinking like, oh, fuck, I think she's right. I think she's right that I'm wrong. And he said, I remembered you in your story about mm-hmm. your, your your high school experience where teachers just never, never were able to say when they were wrong. And mm-hmm. he said, I have a choice here. I can admit that I'm in the wrong and that she's right. I can empower her or I can cover it up and do something different and keep moving and make her confused. And he just said, I... I chose to pause and say, Jasmine, you're right. Play it again. And so this 14-year-old girl gets a teacher and a young, a young man, which I think is a really cool dynamic because that's terrifying. I've been a young, a young girl and not wanted to be taught by young men. It's, it's nerve-wracking. Um, but he sat there and said, you're right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wanted to back it up a little bit. Sure. And if anybody's listening to the podcast show and just you know slides their finger across the screen to rewind... They might like to hear, rehear, Kelly, that when we don't do that for people, they feel confused. Oh, yes. You made the comment that she felt confused. That, well, he recognized that if he denied yes. the truth to her, that she would be confused. Say it again. If he denied the truth to her, that she would be confused. Now, is anybody listening and feels confused in their relationships? Or at school. Or at school. Or with a partner. And, you know, we always say partners are friends, they're neighbors, they're they're spouses, they're boyfriend and girlfriend, brothers and sisters. There's so many different relationships. But if you feel confused, you have to question whether the person has told you the truth. Yeah. And that is not something we are all taught to do. Mm -hmm. I, I remember looking at him and just being so fucking proud of who he is as yeah. a man, as a teacher, mm-hmm. just in, in all roles, because he sat there and knew he had a choice, mm-hmm. um, and he chose integrity, and oh. he chose empowerment. So integrity for oh, himself, yeah. and empowerment for this young girl, okay. who got to sit there and go, yes, I was right, and then, it, you know, think about how that shifts the rest of the session. How about a life? Oh yeah. What if oh, you? Yes. What if you now <laughs> of have a the life? We have like. What if you now have a bar where you value your own integrity so much yeah. that you, that is where you sit, no matter how much it hurts another person, because even if it hurts them, at least they know they have the truth, mm-hmm. and then you get to make your decisions about how you feel about the truth. I love that this this young girl. The next time she's challenged and maybe someone does deny the truth, she can sit there and remember, well, I challenged one person and they admitted it. I can sit here and say, no, I am right. Mm-hmm. And feel confident in that. Mm-hmm. I, I loved it so much. So there comes the re- how we get confident. Yeah. That's how we instill it in each other as partners. That's how we instill it in our children. Oh, how we instill it in our partners by giving them the truth. Yes. Neat. Yeah. Just thought someone might like to pause. Well, that's why I said keep your finger on your iPad. <laughs> because somebody might want to slide that cursor back. Repeat. <laughs> yes. And pause it and go, hey, honey, come here. Come in the kitchen. I told you I need the fucking I, truth. Yeah. Come over. <laughs> sit, come here. Come sit on the deck with me. But we're, we're sitting in the car where you, you hit pause because you so need for somebody to hear that that's what you need in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is what we're talking about because that is the highest form of loving somebody. 
and that so many girlfriends lie to each other. Mm-hmm. So he many looks so great in that. Yeah, so many <laughs> guy friends. Remember, so many guy friends will lie to each other. P- people yeah. lie to each yeah, other. I love your girlfriend. She's great. Yeah, I remember. This is totally different, but I remember being in La Vie en Rose with you out of town. Oh Jesus! I just had this memory. And I was oh, going to bring it up. Fucking hell! Oh, that's funny. And you were trying on bathing suits and um cover-ups and you came out of the change room and this sales associate was in front of me that like before me kind of in between you and I and she's like oh my gosh you look so great and I looked at her and I went don't you do that don't you lie to her she looks terrible Mm -hmm. and I said mom that's not the right cut on you and I went and found a different style, put it in the mm-hmm. change room and said, try these instead. Oh, yeah. And I remember the sales associate looking at me and granted, I've worked in retail many, many years. In some stores I've worked for, you tell them they look great and that's your policy that's written in your handbook. Yeah. And some stores have said, tell them the truth when it doesn't fit right, go and grab an alternative. And that's mm-hmm. written in their handbook. So yeah. th- there are retail stores that, that put policies in place like this. But um, I said to her, I was like, don't you dare lie to her. A, it's not nice, and she's not going to be happy with your garment, and you're going to have a return. B, she's psychic, and she's going to be pissed and walk out of here, and you'll have no sale. Mm-hmm. She knows you're lying. Mm-hmm. And I remember her face just falling mm-hmm. and being like, I'm really sorry. Yeah. I said, offer her an alternative. Mm-hmm. Build her up and show her how amazing she could look instead of you saying she looks great and her standing in the mirror thinking, really? I do? How come I can't see it? Because that's another form of crazy making. Oh, Absolutely. When you're standing, there's nothing worse than standing in a mirror, looking at yourself in a bikini and it's not the right cut and having somebody tell you, you look good when you don't. And you're like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. That's not a real, I would, that's my definition of that's not a real friend. Yeah. When, when somebody sets, I'll say sets you up Mm -hmm. when they tell you the guy you're dating is awesome and they know he isn't. Mm Mm-hmm. And they wait for the shoe to drop and for you to leave or the job or, and we can go on and give all kinds of different examples of that. The truth too, Kelly, when a child is trying to do something that they're not good at. Oh, yes. And I think it's, I wanted to, I wanted to bring this up because it's something where the truth can be said in constructive ways. Mm -hmm. The truth can be said that you're not musically inclined on the violin, but would you like to try another instrument? Mm-hmm. Would you like uh, wind? Would you like horn. strings? Yeah. Would you like drums? You have a love of Is music. horn wind? Did I just mess that up? <laughs> yeah. But you love it. You love music. So you find the truth. You love music. You find the truth. You want to be a musician, but you are truthful in this isn't the right instrument. But there are piles of instruments. Mm-hmm. And if you do love this one the most, then we need to find the right teacher, not just a teacher. We need to find the one that's right for you. Mm-hmm. So if you play music by sound and by ear and not by reading the, the sheet music, we have to figure out and go find that person. Oh, yes. So, and th- you know, that was something um, Christine Fortan taught me. Um a, a, a music teacher here in North Bay for oh, decades. Everyone oh, everyone knows is. her. She's just unbelievable. And I remember her telling me how she has to talk to the student first. She has to listen. She says, I have to listen 
and know how they are going to learn. And then along came Eric, you know, a couple mm -hmm. of years later. And here Eric actually teaches the way that Christine talked about. Mm -hmm. So I know in our little community here in Northern Ontario in Canada, that we have two extraordinary music teachers, mm -hmm. and maybe far more than that that are out there in this city. Yeah. But we know for sure we have two that are willing to listen and see what strengths are in that person, not mm -hmm. just child, but the student. And I think that kind of goes back to uh, the, our original story of being a better listener. Mm-hmm. So that you can actually hear if that guidance counselor had been able to actually hear you. I know what I need. I know what's been missed. I've made all the changes I need to to meet my needs. Mm -hmm. Can you help me? Instead of, is your ego being attacked? Yeah. You weren't there to say, yeah. I'm here to attack your ego. You were there to say, can you help me? That was the question that was not being answered. Mm -hmm. The focus was on the wrong person in the room. Yeah. Is that good? Yeah. I think, you know, and this is another example that I'd like to bring up unless you want to interject. No, go. Because um, I know it's such a huge one in our society is being cheated on in a relationship. Okay. And how it becomes your next partner's problem to deal with. Because of the insecurity it creates in you hmm. from your previous relationship. Hmm. Um, and not everyone carries it with them. And that's that's fine. Um, but it's not, I think sometimes you can see how obvious it is that it's not about you. Mm -hmm. um, and some people know that they're going to be cheated on. Uh, there are tons of different scenarios. Oh, I can think of five off the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> but for for the people who maybe it comes as a surprise to you. Um, or you have an inkling and it takes you a very long time for the person to admit it to you, for you to get your affirmation that it did happen and you were right. And again, we're talking about having the truth. Mm -hmm. um, what that does to you, where that person has put their stuff, their insecurity and their feeling of not enough on you. And so you carry that I'm not enough feeling into your next relationship uh, where you might seek affirmations from your current partner that you're enough you might, um, all of those insecurities come out in different forms of communication or non-communication. Non um, and that's very difficult. Or control tactics. Yeah. Because they might become controlling and not realize how they're doing it. Or why they're doing it. Yeah. There can be tons of trust. There can be tons of excitement and happiness. And yet they still want or feel the need to control. Mm -hmm. um, and that, I mean, for sure comes from a feeling of being out of control in the previous one right? Um, it's not our choice that our partner goes and cheats. Um, but uh, yeah, I... Kelly, can we throw in some other examples? Yes, please. Like, because somebody might not have had that experience and, sure. and think they get that. Boy, if that happened to me, I'd understand that one. But they might not realize that they're sitting in the relationship where the partner doesn't love them anymore. Or... And so it's vacant or mm -hmm. has an emotional affair. Yeah. Because a, a, a lot of people think the affair, when you said the word affair, they think sex. Right. They think it's got to be sexual intercourse in order for it to be, or some type of sex. Yep. I'll just say sex. But that they <laughs> say don't. Say it one more time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's important though, because some people, no, it's and, good. and I've noticed this in treatments, Kelly, where I'll say, oh, you have boundaries. 
if he has a, if he, you know, people come in and say, I want to know if he had an affair. I want to know if she had an affair. And the spirit world will say, they well, just mean sex. Yeah. They don't care if he or she has fallen in love with another person Ooh. as long as they didn't leave them and have sex with that person. Okay. And my head goes to, you are in 10 times more trouble if oh, they yeah. have fallen in love with another person. Or trust someone more than you. Yes, or confide in someone more than you, mm-hmm. or or see in something in them that you don't have in your relationship. Mm-hmm. There's more threat to that than the sexual thing. But I understand in our society, and I, you know, I blame TV for lots of things because I'm a TV hater sometimes, um, or movies. But I'm just saying because it puts constructs of thoughts there for people. Yeah. Okay. Um, that they put the emphasis on the sexual part instead of the other parts of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hmm. Do you have more examples? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. I feel like my head is filling up with other things now. Isn't that funny? We can jump and start recording a new one. Okay. (laughs) That works just fine. Okay. Let's do that. Yeah. Kelly, I want to thank you because, um, it's difficult to live in a small city and to to bring up something like that where you are well known and where perhaps this teacher from over a decade ago is also well known mm-hmm. and that there isn't that closure of the um, apology um, but that you're that you're strong enough in who you are to still share the story hoping that people will learn from it and do something with it so that it doesn't repeat. Thank you. Is that good? Yeah. I also, and I don't know, I'm not even sure what point this is, but I'm just going to say it. I know he has hurt many students Mm. and perhaps that's how I can get to a place of understanding that it's not personal. Wow. That it's who he is. Not that I would ever for a moment wish the kind of hurt uh, that he gave me for another person. Yeah. But hearing other people's experiences, and we we say this all the time, this is why we share. Hearing about other people's yeah. experiences helps me understand my own. Oh. So when I listen to, you know, my cousins who are, were three or four years older than me who attended the same high school and what he did to them. Yeah. Or didn't do for them. Um, hearing people in my, my own grade and, and for years later, cause I still volunteer in that school and guest speak and, and do all kinds of things. I still hear from teachers what they've, what he's done. Mm. So again, it's not about Kelly. I think that's good because even hearing that as much as that is not a good thing that it's happening, you do get to understand. I think people can relate to that. That when you hear that someone bullied, say someone at work yep. bullies and he did. Yep. 10 people, then you hear and understand that it wasn't personal, that he just bullied you. Yep. And that's where you get to sit back. Or again, going back to if you've got a current boyfriend who you hear had an affair on every single girlfriend he has ever had, mm-hmm. then you now really do get it that it's his issue of... I'll pick a partner and then make sure I have an affair. Mm-hmm. And that those are his issues or her issues, not yours. Yep. So instead of feeling victimized and I can't go on because I can't trust the next guy slash girl. Slash what was wrong with me. Yes. Then you don't go into, I hate men. I hate women. 
Yeah. Uh, which is what we sometimes see in treatments where people come in and say, I have to get past being cheated on because and because now I think all men are shitty or I think all men, all women are bitches. And we hear that. And it's like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> we have to slow this down a second because you're making yourself the victim in the story instead mm-hmm. of understanding you're just the victim temporarily. You don't have to wear that shirt for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So the next time you go on a date, you got to run into the closet, grab your t-shirt that says, I'm a victim, you're the bitch, and go on your first date. You might as well sit there in front of that guy wearing your shirt. This is what I believe. I'm a victim. Mm-hmm. I w- I, the, my last partner had an affair. You must be an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> that's the shirt. So mm-hmm. if I can give people that visualization of ah, cripes, that's exactly what I've been doing. Time to take my shirt off. Mm-hmm. I that was their issue, not mine. I'm not wearing that shirt. Mm-hmm. That allows you to go forward. Mm-hmm. Same way that you know, maybe the cheater's wearing a shirt that says I'm a cheater, and has chosen to actually apologize and move forward and grow from the experience of being challenged by all of those partners that have confronted them uh, and decide to take the shirt off and sit down on the first date and say this is my past and this isn't who I choose to be anymore. Kel, remember the guy that came in the house? He was walking through the kitchen. He was just standing in the in the yes. dining room. Yes. I talk about him all the yeah. time. He, I, I can't remember his name. Um, Probably John. Okay. Just because so, that's all the men's names. So he was going through the kitchen. He went, in, or not through the kitchen, through the front living room. He turned left to go into the dining room. And I just blurted out and said, and I'd never met him before. And I said, so did you have those two affairs? And he continued to walk into the room, but quickly turned back and gave me a really scathing look. Walked in and I thought, oh shit, I can't believe that popped out of my mouth. He sat down in the chair. I went through consent and then he said to me, do you mind if I ask why you asked me if I'd had two affairs? And I said, oh, I'm really sorry. I got consent out of order. And he goes, no, no. He goes, I'm totally fine. I just want to know why you asked me that. You don't know me. And I said, oh, I said, the spirit world said that in this life you would have two affairs. And he said, Karen, he said, you just freaking floored me. I have had two affairs. It's why I'm here. I don't understand why I did this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be this person. This so does not feel right with who I am. I don't understand me. Mm-hmm. I need to understand it. I don't want to be this man. So when you when you say about taking off the t-shirt and saying, I can sit here and say this is who I was, but I'm not wearing that shirt. I'm not wearing it anymore. It's not who I am. Mm-hmm. It has to be empowering for both sides. Otherwise, you've got, you know, parts of the people in this world that will never heal and and just stay in their hurt and parts of the people who want to move on. And how how do you ever you'll you'll forever be divided? Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a that's a good thought to end it on. Mm -hmm. Is that good? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, I'm I'm enjoying this. I um. I hope people come back for another show with Coffee with the Sarlows. Um, and I kind of want to throw in there, as I did at the beginning, that we also have Sips of Sanity um, on the same by Sarlow.com web website for anybody who's listening to this on iTunes. Sips of Sanity are a short 10-minute 
podcast shows, as opposed to listening to these longer ones where Kelly and I really get into some meaty conversations for you. Um, so anyway, if you have any questions or comments, you can email Kelly and I at info at bysarlo.com. We hope you have a lovely Saturday and we'll see you again next Saturday morning.